0: You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked
1: On Kings.
0: You got a new front office. You got high expectations. You have big contracts that maybe you want to move on from and you have very obscure circumstances with this entire NBA calendar being turned on its head. Seems like the perfect time for Monty McNair and the Sacramento Kings to get a bit crazy and willing to make some big moves on draft night. On today's locked on Kings podcast I'm going to be joined by Richard Ivanowski from the Sacramento Bee. Richard recently wrote an article where he put together six possible Kings draft night trades. They're all different, they're exciting. I love them, and I'm excited to break them down with him right here on the Locked On Kings podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in depth analysis, game by game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento Sports Radio host for the last six years, just wrapped up my sixth season in covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. And Richard is one of the many people that I get to work with that I normally get to see at Kings games, of course, not having that opportunity uh, right now. Uh, but he does fantastic work for the Sacramento Bee, uh, and he is really, really good at putting together these hypothetical trades. And we were talking off the record after we finished recording this interview, and I told him and I complimented him. I said, one of the things that I like the most about Richard Richard's hypothetical trade articles is, even if some are a little obscure or out there, which there might be one or two in this uh, article that we're going to talk about here shortly, even if there's some that are obscure, they're not impossible or so far out of the realm of possibility that you just brush over them and, and blow them off. There is thought and legitimate possibility and and theory behind these moves. So without any further ado, here is my conversation with Richard Ivanowski. We break down these six potential trades for the Sacramento Kings on draft night right here on Locked on Kings. Draft night is coming up quickly. We don't know what the Sacramento Kings are going to do with the number 12 pick. Who are they going to decide to take with that pick? Or are they going to decide to shop that pick and try and move up in the draft, move down in the draft, move out of the draft completely? The possibility of draft night trades this year is, I think is increased for all teams. It's going to be a very interesting NBA draft with the start of free agency happening, what's expected to be only a week or even less than a week later. It's going to be fun to follow. And joining me right now on the Locked on Kings podcast is Richard Ivanowski from the Sacramento Bee, also a contributor uh, with Kings. Herald. Richard uh, wrote a fantastic article where he put together six, I thought, really fun and possible trades that the Sacramento Kings could make on draft night. We're going to go through these six, have some fun with it. Richard, it's so good to have you back here on the Locked on Kings podcast. I hope you are doing well. I don't know about you. I'm excited to have something at least NBA related coming up really quickly here with the draft less than a month away.
1: I'm doing great. And man, it is really exciting. There's going to be so much happening in the next few weeks, especially with the condensed schedule. And free agency starting right after the draft and then free agency ending in like 10 days and training camp starting, it's going to be absolutely insane.
0: So like I said in that introduction, with the start of free agency happening almost right after the draft and with all the unknowns going into next season, with this also being a relatively weaker draft and with the fact that we still don't know when the NBA is going to open up again in terms of trade market, I think we might get a interesting amount I don't know if interesting is more or less but interesting amount of deals maybe even significant deals that happen on draft night do you feel that same way and then from the Sacramento Kings perspective I personally feel like if we're going to get specifically a buddy healed trade if it's going to happen it's more than likely happening on draft night night that's my gut feeling where are you on that
1: I think that trades in general should be more frequent we kind of see it as a trend. Um, front, officer, front offices are getting more savvy, more types of trades are occurring. Like the sign-in trade was pretty much non-existent until last offseason when we saw just a ton of them rattled off in a row. Um, and especially with the amount of maneuvering that has to be done for the cap changes uh, coming up and, and you know financial issues that lots of teams are experiencing I do think there's going to be more wheeling and dealing than usual. And for the Kings, I think it's especially certain. I mean, I I would be shocked that if there were no trades from the Kings on draft night. um, I mean, we've had some in the past, like we've the last couple of drafts, even if they're smaller moves in the second round, you know, we saw a trade last year. We saw a trade the year before that, both from Vlade. um, But then you take into account a new GM, generally a new GM wants to get in their players, right? They want to get their stamp, their style of play uh, onto the roster. And they want to be able to kind of own the roster and any improvements that are made within it and feel like, you know, that's the credit goes to them. So I think generally, I don't know, like you could see, you could definitely see a lot of action from the Kings.
0: I think you already alluded to your answer to this next question that I'm about to ask here. But historically, Sacramento usually doesn't do too much on draft night. Normally, they they stay put and and select a player and, and move on with their day. Just at least recently, the Kings have not gotten too crafty with making trades when there have been spots and situations where maybe you or I or fans or even media members thought maybe they should have tried to make a move here or or get a little weird here. Uh, But it sounds like you and I are on the same page to where we feel that if we were in Monty McNair's shoes, we would be not only looking but really trying to execute a trade on draft night.
1: Yeah, I think the the little stuff – We do see every year. And I mean, almost every team does a small deal or close to it. I counted over two dozen deals on draft night of last year. And, you know, some of that is technically processed later as you need certain, you know, it gets complex when they can actually process. But if they're agreed to in principle on draft night, I'm going to count it. And you're right. I think Sacramento has generally been more conservative there. But going back to, when Vlade took over, the last time we had a GM change, there was a huge trade right off the bat. That was the Stauskas and the future first rounder and Carl Landry. You know, traded all basically for cap space. Um, but it was a big move, a big splashy move. And I think those are typical of first year GMs just trying to make sure that their presence is felt.
0: McNair didn't tell us much during his introductory press conference, and I actually. I like that, uh, even though it's maybe frustrating from a media standpoint because I can't come on this Locked on Kings podcast and say, I know Monty McNair's mind. I know what he's going to do. The reality is we don't. We're all guessing at this point. I think that's why I am so excited for the draft to see and we'll get our first real idea of, okay, what kind of moves is Monty willing to make or what kind of moves does he want to make? That being said, one of the things that he did give away or he did say multiple times is that he wants this team to maintain flexibility, and I assume that means in the cap, and the Kings already have some hefty contracts uh, on their uh, payroll right now, specifically Buddy Healed and Harrison Barnes are the two biggest ones that comes to mind. I would be shocked, Richard, if not saying a deal gets done, but if Monty isn't on the phone trying as hard as he can to move on from one of those contracts if the deal is right.
1: Yeah, that makes sense to me. And um, you could throw Barnes in there, I guess, you know, there's there are a lot of big contracts, even the Corey Joseph's of the world. It's, you know, it's not a disastrous contract. But if you're talking about flexibility, it does seem hard to imagine that McNair would come in and continue to pay a bunch of these guys a, a high level of salary over a number of years when, you know, like it's his job now to recreate this team.
0: Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. Buying car parts is really difficult. There's way too many makes, way too many models, and now it's really impossible to stock all the parts that you need in any traditional chain storefront. Instead of enduring the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Obviously, it's all about taking care of your car, but saving money where you can so you can use it for other important things like your mortgage or your food. Instead of spending 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store, use rockauto.com right now and you'll have complete access to the best deals and a wide range of parts right there at your fingertips. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're all reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing the prices based off of what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody, and it does not require memberships or account login. So, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. An amazing selection. Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Well, one of the things that I really like about this article is that it's a mixture of blockbusters and solid trades that we certainly would be interested in as Kings fans, but wouldn't necessarily uh, explode on the, the Richter scale and, and take everybody's attention around the world. But let's dive into these six moves, and we'll talk about them and approach each of them differently. And we're going to start with one of the blockbusters, and that was your proposal of the Sacramento Kings and the Washington Wizards agreeing, agreeing to a deal where Washington would get buddy Healed. Marvin Bagley, and the number 12 overall pick. And in return, Sacramento would get Bradley Beal. Now, I'm not going to... I'm not going to ask you... About the the legitimacy of this ever happening, or the possibility of it happening, because I personally feel that that Washington could maybe get even more for Beal if that makes sense, or if they'd even be interested in that package of Healed Bagley and the number twelve overall pick. But I do want to ask you specifically about what you think the appeal Bradley Beal has to Monty McNair and the Sacramento Kings. That is very much a win now move. You're paying a lot of money for him coming in. Of course, you're dishing Buddy Heald's contract. So that makes it a little bit easier, but then also you have to worry about the potential of trying to keep Bradley Beal when his contract comes up in a couple seasons.
1: Yeah. So as you've mentioned, McNair kind of is a closed book at this point. We don't know anything about him really when we try to figure out what he he might want to do we can look at his time with the Houston Rockets. We don't know how much influence he had there. We don't know which deals he wanted, which deals he didn't want, you know, but we do know that that front office was very aggressive in trading for stars. You look at Chris Paul a few years back and then Russell Westbrook this last offseason. I mean, these are, you know, MVP candidate/MVP slash MVP winners type of players and Bradley Beal, you know, what does he bring? He brings 30 points a night. Um, That's something that very few players could do. And I think you're absolutely right that they could ask for more. And I think that the Kings would be fine doing that. I mean, not that they would uh, be fine making that concession, but I would be fine with them making that concession, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense.
0: What would be the most you are willing to give up in that case? Would you even make De'Aaron Fox available?
1: I would not because if you're trying to win now, I think the goal here would be to to put you know, to make an elite backfield. Yep. Uh, sorry, backfield. Sorry, I've been watching a lot of football. Uh, Backcourt. Yep. Uh, you agree. know, you pair you pair Beal with Fox. I agree. And s- suddenly you've got something real.
0: It's what you wanted in Washington with John Wall and Bradley Beal, right? Fox is supposed to be essentially kind of a similar player to what John Wall was, but we don't know what John Wall is going to be since he's been out for two seasons now with that uh, that injury that he's been dealing with. So I think it's interesting and it's enticing because I do think Washington would be willing to to band war, and that would be one hell of a splash for Monty McNair and the Kings to pull off right away, especially on draft night to acquire Bradley Beal. I have no problem with the number 12 pick going along with it. I just don't know if the Kings and McNair are willing to make that bold of a statement right away that no, we are in to contend starting next season and we're willing to gamble because of it, I think it, 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 it may be a bit too bold to be believable, but it's nice to know that there is a possibility that the Kings could offer a package that at least would make the Wizards think about it.
1: Absolutely, I wouldn't, you know, call this even remotely likely, but I think as a framework for a home run swing, it's a it's a decent template.
0: All right, let's move on to the second trade. I like this trade too. Uh, This has the Sacramento Kings moving all the way up to number one and also acquiring James Johnson from the Minnesota Timberwolves. And what do they send to get that? The number 12 pick and Buddy Heald. So this seems like a phenomenal move. For the Sacramento Kings to where you're getting rid of that major contract now. Buddy Heald's a good player, so I want to make sure it's not. I'm not talking about dead money here, because Buddy we know is an elite shooter in the NBA. But not only are you moving on from that fat contract, you're also getting the number one pick to where you can get whichever guy uh, that you want. Even if this is considered a weaker draft, to me this feels a little too good to be true. But I don't. I don't know if Minnesota. I don't know how much better Minnesota could expect for the number one pick than a player of Buddy Hield's caliber, just reading the room, I suppose, with the overall value of that pick.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, some of these are a little bit rosy, but I, I'm certainly trying to um, take these swings here. And I think, you know, another another home run swing is getting a number one overall pick. And the only reason it is feasible to me is is the weaker draft, as you've alluded to. Um, there isn't a Zion in this draft. There isn't, you know, a Luka or even a DeAndre Ayton uh, type of player in this draft. So I do think it becomes possible. And we just know that the Timberwolves are shopping this pick. They've mm-hmm. been pretty public about that. And if you take an Anthony Edwards, if you take a LaMelo ball, you are taking the ball, uh, getting repetitive here, you're taking the ball out of the hands of D'Angelo Russell a little bit. Um, Lamelo will need the rock a lot. Uh, Edwards would need the rock quite a bit as well. And if you're looking for, if you feel like as a Timberwolves, we've got our two guys, you know, we know they love D and we know they love cat. If they feel like they've got their two high usage guys and they want an elite complementary player, you know, buddy healed is that, I mean, he can be one of the best, if not the best shooters in the league off the ball.
0: If this, deal were to happen I feel like it could only really happen in one way Richard and that's where maybe the day before the draft or at the beginning of draft day like in the morning the Kings call and McNair offers this right and the Timberwolves say oh thanks we'll keep that in mind but we think we can get better and then as the night goes on and the draft gets closer and we're an hour to draft time and they can't get anything better than Buddy Heald then they call the Kings back and go Okay, we have a deal here. Did you have that same process in your mind? Or do you really think the Timberwolves would hear an offer like that and want to jump on it pretty quick?
1: No, I don't think that they're gonna pull the trigger right away. Like this is one that they would file away, you know, maybe near the top of their list, hopefully at the top of their list. Um, and it could happen, but you know, maybe they would want a little something extra as well. They could negotiate for that, play play a little hardball there, but not, no, I don't think this is just blowing them away.
0: Typically, if you're trying to move that high up in the draft, there's a player that you really want to get, and you can't get much better than getting number one overall. So if the Kings were able to pull off this move, in your mind, Richard, who would Sacramento want to take in this spot? Who do you think, for our loose understanding of Monty McNair in this front office, who do you think makes the most sense for the Kings to go, yeah, we're making this move because we really want this kid? To
1: me, it would be Anthony Edwards. Um, You know, the whole concept there of an elite backcourt with Bradley Beal we discussed, I think at least you've got a role at the dice of that with Fox and Edwards as well. Obviously, it's not guaranteed. There's actually like very little chance that Edwards will be a Bradley Beal type of player. But, you know, the upside being that you could get relatively close in years to come, that would be my
0: choice. The third trade on here I think is my favorite. It feels like it could really happen. I've liked the idea of the Kings making a move with the Atlanta Hawks for a while now, and you propose something that I think is very, very interesting for both teams, and I think it helps both teams, uh, which it's it's kind of rare to see a trade that drastically helps both teams, but I think this might. Sacramento Kings send Buddy Heald and the number 12 overall pick to Atlanta. In return, they get the number six overall pick and Kevin Huerter. I think I'm pronouncing his last name right. I always mix it up. It's been a while since I've heard it called in a play by play broadcast. But a good player and the number six overall pick to where it puts you in prime position to get a wing. Uh, or or a, a player that you want, if you're afraid Devin Vas- uh, Vassell isn't going to fall to you, or maybe you want Isaac Okoro or something like that, puts you in a prime position there. And you move on from Buddy Hield's contract. I love the idea of this trade. Richard, tell me why you think both sides, but specifically, I guess the Atlanta Hawks, in any way would want to do this.
1: Yeah, similar to the reporting that we've seen about the Timberwolves shopping the first pick, we have seen a lot of news about the Hawks wanting to win now. And it makes sense. The East is weak, especially at the bottom of the playoffs. Um, you know, Trey Young's a very talented player. If you get him, you know, you you upgrade his backcourt, his backcourt partner. It's not unrealistic for them to make the eighth seed. They have a lot of good young pieces, um, and if they wanted to add a vet to kind of steady that and someone they can bank on, someone who's significantly better than Kevin Herter right now you know, it makes sense. And this isn't a crazy drop-off for them, especially in this draft that we've talked about being a little bit weak, moving down six picks and, and upgrading a player of the same position. I actually, yeah, I don't think this is an unreasonable trade at all.
0: Boy, imagine the shooting back court in Atlanta of Trey young and buddy Yield. Wow.
1: Right. It's just about the defense. Yeah, well, but again, in the East, you know, how much should be fine.
0: Yeah, how much do they care about that? Well, one thing that's really interesting about this trade and interesting about all these trade proposals put together before we move on here, Richard, it almost seems like the Kings have a weird advantage here. In a normal year in a in a better draft, I think the Kings would have a really hard time finding a suitor for Buddy Heald, and maybe that is still the case here, and I'm just way off base, but it almost seems like the fact that this is a weaker draft and a team might not be able to to get better than Buddy Heald for their draft pick, that might end up working in the Kings' favor to where one of these deals could actually happen.
1: Yeah, I think so. The fact that there are very few players you can point at and say, I know for a fact this guy's going to have a better career than Buddy Heald, that's definitely playing into Sacramento's advantage.
0: So, this one's a bit different. This is, uh, you have it titled Navigate a Sign and Trade with the Bucks. And by the way, uh, if anybody wants to read this full article, because we're just glossing over the trades, but you go into detail about each trade and explaining it, uh, the article is available right now on the Sacramento Bee website. It's called NBA Trade Talk 6. 6- draft night deals that could be re- or that sorry that could redefine the Sacramento Kings written by Richard Ivanowski who is on with me right now and this one a bit different number 4 navigate a sign and trade with the Bucks the Milwaukee Bucks would get Bogdan Bogdanovich on a new contract. That's the sign and trade element. And I love Bogey as a fit with Milwaukee. I think that would be a very interesting move. Sacramento would receive Dante DiVincenzo, Ursan Ilyasova, and the 24th overall pick. So not the sexiest of returns, but this is also a trade that I think is up the king's alley in terms of maybe that is the best that you're going to get in a sign-and-trade for Bogdan Bogdanovich. DiVincenzo is not a bad player. Ersan Ilyasova, a floor-spacing veteran who's been with Milwaukee and in the league a long time. And then you get number, another first-round draft pick for McNair to take a guy that he wants.
1: Yeah, you mentioned McNair wanting to stay flexible. This is that. Um, if you want to stay flexible, you may not be locking in another big, long contract. Uh, I don't think that I've even really thought about that too hard. So I think about Bogdan as being a very good player. And so, of course, you should sign him. But it is going to be an impediment to the salary cap going forward. So if you want to take two young guys with upside that are going to be on very flexible contracts in DiVincenzo and whoever this pick would be, um, Ilyasova, his money is just there to match and it's non-guaranteed. So you can just take in that money and scratch them off the team if you needed to, um, is a high-flexibility trade for them.
0: Moving on to trade number five, and this is very different. We're talking massive contracts in this trade. The Sacramento Kings would send Bundy or Buddy Heald and Harrison Barnes to the Boston Celtics, and in return they would get Gordon Hayward and his fat contract, and now Gordon Hayward has not been the same player that he was in Utah since joining the Celtics and having his injury issues. They'd also get a, a rebounding center and his canter, and they would get the number 14 pick. So now you have two lottery picks. You're giving up two out of five starters, arguably, to get it, getting Gordon Hayward back, uh, and mainly you're sending away two big contracts, but you're taking on another really big contract. You're probably taking on the worst contract out of the bunch in this trade, getting Gordon Hayward back. I like this idea. I don't know if it makes sense from the flexibility standpoint for McNair, but that number 14 pick attached to it is very enticing to me.
1: So, this actually I, I think we may be conflating this one with the next trade because Hayward's expiring this year. So it is really, you're correct, it's very big, a very big salary. Um, but it's only this upcoming year. So I think it's 34 million. Um, but you know, as soon as that year is over, mm-hmm. it's gone. And, you know, you could probably flip Hayward at the deadline to another team that just needs a little more firepower and maybe get, I don't know, another super late first or something like that.
0: So this is in your mind a reset move, then, because Gordon Hayward could theoretically make your team a little bit better. We know what he can do offensively, and he's still a solid player. But you're mainly making this trade to pay his contract for one year, let it die and fall off the books, or like you said, move on from it at the trade deadline, and basically end up with not having Healed and Barnes on your books and having two lottery picks on your roster.
1: Right. The goal for this trade, in my mind, is to clear space off the books. Um, you're getting rid of Uh, jeez, I don't even know, close to $200 million here, like over $150 million in uh, guaranteed salary over the next three and four years.
0: Do you think Sacramento in this scenario is in a position to be demanding to make sure that number 14 pick is attached in order to take on Hayward's contract? Because in this sense, Boston who I think definitely gets better from this trade, getting a a veteran piece in Harrison Barnes and, and an elite shooter in Buddy Heald. I think that helps them in their title hunt. Absolutely. I don't know if their starters are coming off the bench or not. That's for them to figure it out, but they are giving away a lot to make sure the Kings take Gordon Hayward's contract off of their books. Do you think the Kings are in a power position, I guess, in these negotiations?
1: I would not say a power position. Um, but there, is, there are certain advantages that the Celtics could get here that they would not have without making this deal. So because they're capped out, uh, because they're going to be paying Tatum and they already paid Brown and, you know, they're getting, they've already, you know, they've paid Kemba. There are, there's basically nothing that they can do in free agency for the foreseeable future. It's only going to be small moves. Um, they could not go out and acquire a Buddy Heald or a Harrison Barnes via free agency but they can do it here in this trade. And yeah, the toll that would cost would be a late, very late end of the lottery pick. But again, if this is a weaker draft, that may not be a problem. And we've kind of seen them struggle to get minutes to their young players anyway, because they are a very good, very deep team. You know, pick 14 from last year, they also selected Romeo Lankford. He didn't really see the floor that much. And uh, what's, you know, what's interesting is Just to tie it back in with the very beginning of our conversation, that was the original pick that we had sent out when Vlade first came in to Philadelphia in that that big salary dump back then.
0: The last trade that we'll talk about, I expected to see something similar on here, but you gave a bit of a swerve to it, and I really like it, and I'm excited to talk to you about it. We have expected that the Kings and Philadelphia 76ers would be in some sort of trade talks when the market opened. I think even if a deal doesn't get done, we know those teams are going to be on the phone with one another. And we've talked a lot about the possibility of the Kings sending Buddy Heald to Sixers, or to the Sixers, and we know how much they they want shooting right now. And in order to do that, you'd have to take a, a bad contract back like Al Horford or Tobias Harris. Well, here's the trade that you put together on draft night. The Sacramento Kings get Al Horford and the number 21 pick as well as a 2021 protected first round pick. But they're not sending Buddy Heald in Philadelphia to get it. They're sending Nemanja Bialica, Corey Joseph, and Jabari Parker. First question, Richard, why is Buddy Heald not involved in this deal to you?
1: Yeah, well, I think it kind of gets muddy when we're sending a big contract for a big contract. So I wanted to simplify and just say, look, if Philly wants to clean cap space, then let's send only one year small deals back to them.
0: Okay. So this is an idea of them trying to help themselves with flexibility in the long run but also Philadelphia, especially with Doc Rivers there now, it sounds like they're 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 in a position to want to win right now. So, why do you think, or do you think this deal would gain any traction, or or Philadelphia would accept this? I have a hard time personally believing that Philly would take this deal with Buddy Heald not attached to it in some way, shape, or form. I feel like if Philly's going to be involved in Sacramento, they're going to walk away with Buddy Heald or nothing.
1: You know that's possible. I, you know, I I think there has been some sentiment turning on Buddy from Philadelphia. This is just me kind of reading into a couple articles that I've seen on the Internet. But Mm -hmm. basically people thinking, all right, this is just maybe we don't want this guy because he's he's not returning texts from a coach. And, uh, you know, we're already worried about him wanting to be a starter, but he may not end up like, you know, is the, is he going to be flexible? Is he going to work with us? I think that he would because there's a potential for contention there, but I also don't want to downplay the value of Nemanja Bielitsa and Corey Joseph. Some friends of mine that write about the 76ers like both of these guys a lot, what belly can do if they want shooting. I mean, he yep. can absolutely shoot it. Yep. We know that they tried to get Bielitsa before he came to the Kings in um, Corey Joseph. Even though he struggled in Sacramento, I mean, he was really good in Indiana for a long time. And I think that sometimes teams around the league can look at players that have floundered a bit in Sacramento and think, well, we can put them in a better situation and they can actually be very valuable to us.
0: You wrap up this article with a section asking what deal or which deals would be most likely. I'm not going to ask you about that because I want the listeners to go and, and read this article for themselves and read what deals you think is most likely. But I will ask you, Richard which one is most enticing to you or which one would you want to happen the most? Just from your perspective, knowing where the Sacramento Kings are, Uh, is it Bradley Beal? Is it the Gordon Hayward deal? Is it the uh, sign and trade Bogdanovich, the Hawks deal getting the number six pick, which one out of these six, would you say if I could choose any of these to actually happen, I want it to be this one.
1: That's a great question. I, I think that I've got to go with acquiring the number one pick. And I don't think it's like the best deal necessarily, uh, but it would just be so much fun because this team, I think could really use some revitalization, Mm -hmm. some new excitement. And there just is nothing like a number one overall pick that to get me excited. Personally, I'm sure that Beal would excite most people more but I'm kind of just, I'm, I'm really focused on young players and their potential. and It's its more exciting to me to kind of, you know, unwrap the box and see what we've got right here. Instead of, you know, even, even though Bill would come in here and, and win us games, for me personally and just how I like to think is I would be so excited to watch every single night of this number one pick. It would inject so much excitement into the team. That's what I got to go with.
0: And a lot of it depends on, too, what the Sacramento Kings are trying to do. If you make a move like that, yes, you're going young. You have control over the majority of major building block pieces on your roster. And I got a smile on my face just imagining seeing in the Golden 1 Center, whether fans are allowed or not, seeing... De'Aaron Fox, I guess we'll say Anthony Edwards because that's the guy that you said at number one overall you think the Kings would pick, and Marvin Bagley, assuming he can stay healthy. That's a young, exciting three that you can kind of just throw out there and and see what you got and add complementary players to it. I can understand fans getting very excited for that.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that like there's nothing to revitalize, reinvigorate a franchise than a young core, and you absolutely would have that, no matter who you pick, really, at number one.
0: Go and read this article up right now on the Sacramento Bee. Richard does a phenomenal job with his content. He also did a similar article where he's talking about possible trades uh, for Buddy Heald. You can find that embedded uh, on his Twitter account. Richard, thank you so much for, on short notice, being willing to uh, come on the Lockdown Kings podcast today and talk about this article. Keep up the fantastic work that you do. I look forward to hopefully seeing you in person soon covering Kings basketball in some capacity. And I look forward to reading your work and and chatting with you more uh, as the draft gets closer and closer. And hopefully one of these deals get done so you can tell us all uh, you told us so.
1: (laughs) Yes, sir. Thank you as always.
0: It was an absolute pleasure having Richard Ivanowski on again. Check out his fantastic work from the Sacramento Bee and expect more great work as the draft approaches. Can't wait to have him on again, and hopefully I'll be able to see him at a Kings game or Kings event or something in the near future. Hopefully we all will be able to see each other at the Golden 1 Center at some point in time. Maybe not soon, but in the future, we'll all be back together eventually, and that's what matters. If you want to talk about anything that we talked about in today's podcast, give your thoughts on on any of those trades pick one maybe propose your own trade let me know uh, you can reach me via twitter at matt george khdk or you can email me mgeorge at Be sure to leave a review for this podcast if you haven't already. Best place to do that is on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Hit five stars as long as you think this podcast is worthy of that rating. Also, a little box there for you to leave a blurb, what you like, what you don't like, constructive criticism, comments, concerns, anything like that. Put it there. It's all fair game. Uh, I promise you we read it, we pay attention to it, and thank you to all of you who have already taken the time to do that. That'll do it for today's Locked on Kings podcast. Until next time, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.
1: You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast.
0: Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.